Our second scripture reading for today comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked him, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we'd hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some woman of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that that the Messiah should suffer these things, and then enter into his glory. Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they were going near the village which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the roads, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road. Now he had been made known to them in the breaking of bread. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God. We've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Today we are leaving the narrative lectionary for a while. In fact, after Easter, we left it. 
Traditionally, the narrative lectionary after Easter studies one of uh, Paul's epistles for about six weeks until Pentecost. But with confirmation and then with me being gone two weeks, I decided that a three-week of study of an epistle would be confusing and would be too short and wouldn't be able to fit enough meaningful conversation in. So starting today, we're going to finish Luke, the Luke and journey that we continued since Christmas, studying the life of Jesus. And today's reading from Luke takes place on the day of Easter, immediately after the women find that Jesus has been resurrected. It should be a familiar text to you, if for no other reason that Dottie Penta, uh, Lapenta preached on it two weeks ago. And I did not know that when I planned out our text. I did not listen to her sermon because I didn't want to repeat anything she said or have any of her ideas get lodged in, in my mind and then repeat that. But it reminds me of a joke I heard coming out of seminary about a young pastor in his new parish, and he's very excited, and he got up there his first Sunday and preached a wonderful sermon. And the elders of the church were very pleased, and the congregation was thrilled, and they said, I can't wait to see what he does next week. On the next Sunday, he got up there, and he preached the exact same sermon. And they were like, well, it was good last week. It was still pretty good this week. Let's see what he does next week. On his third week, it was the same sermon again. So they got upset and they they went to the presbytery office and talked to the person in charge and said, he's preached the same sermon three weeks in a row. What are we going to do? And the person said, well, what was the sermon about? And they looked at each other and they said, maybe give him one more week. So there may be some repetition, but repetition isn't always a bad thing. When I think of the journey on the road to the Maus, the two unnamed disciples that, that weren't part of the eleven but were still close enough to Jesus to have been there when the women told that the tomb was empty, they're traveling home from Emmaus on the very day of Easter. And a stranger comes to them and begins to walk with them. And he says, what were you guys talking about? And these two disciples look at the, the stranger and says, are you crazy? Are you the only person that lives in Jerusalem that hasn't heard about Jesus? About the person that taught all these wonderful lessons, worked all these miracles, that fed 5,000, that walked on water, that turned water into wine? We thought he was the one that would redeem Israel. He was the one that would bring freedom. But he was betrayed. He was tried. He was crucified. We watched him die. But then this morning, three days later, some women who were with us went to the tomb and they said it was empty. His body wasn't there. And then angels appeared to them, or so they say, and they came and told us, and some of our men went to verify what they said. And they found it just as they had said. And so the stranger began to tell them about Moses and the prophets and all the things written about the Messiah. And the day grew long, and they got home, and the stranger was going to keep going, and they said, no, stay with us. And so they went inside and sat around the table and the stranger broke the bread and blessed it. And suddenly they realized it was Jesus. And just like that, he disappeared and was gone. 
I'm always intrigued by the fact that the disciples couldn't see Jesus right before their very eyes. That Jesus was walking along with them, was talking to them, was teaching them for a good at least half a day. And they had no idea. And I wonder how often that happens to us. How often Jesus is right before our very eyes. That Jesus is telling us something. Asking us something. Calling to us. And we just don't get it. We're blind to the fact. And so I started asking, where do we see Jesus? And I look at this story and I see two places where Jesus is revealed. Jesus is revealed as the stranger. The person in need. If I were to ask a hundred people of faith where they saw Jesus in a stranger, you'd probably get stories of when somebody unexpected helped them. When they were broken down on the side of the road and someone pulled up unexpectedly and helped them change the tire. When they didn't have quite enough change at the grocery store and someone gave them the extra change to help them. And they would say, I saw Jesus in that person. I saw Christ helping me. I saw my guardian angel reaching out. But we don't always see Christ and the person helping us. In fact, Scripture says something quite different. Scripture says that we should see Christ in the person that we are helping. That in the scene on the side of the road, it's not Christ that's helping change the tire. It's us helping change Christ's tire. The here was a stranger walking alone, which is extremely dangerous in these days. There were bandits, there were thieves. Remember the good Samaritan and the stranger that was set upon on the road to Jericho. The stranger walking alone on the road to Emmaus could have easily been robbed, beat up, left for dead. And the two disciples saw this and they invited him to walk with them. They offered them safety, companionship. And when night came and they got to their destination, they did not want him going on in the darkness by himself. So they invited him in. They offered him hospitality. They offered him shelter. They offered him to join them at the table. One of the most influential scriptures for me is from Matthew 24, when Jesus separates the sheep from the goat. And Jesus says to the goats, I was hungry and you did not give me food. I was thirsty and you did not give me drink. I was sick and in jail and you did not visit me. And they said, when did we do this, Lord? He said, whatever you have not done for the least of these Whatever you have not done for the stranger, you've not done for me. And here we see two disciples living that out. Here we see two disciples reaching out 
to the stranger, to one in need, to the least of these. And in doing so, they are reaching out to Christ. And they encounter Christ. As Christ walks with him, he explains the scriptures and their hearts burn within him. And then they break bread and he is revealed to them. And this is the other place that Christ is revealed. Karl Barth, the great 20th century theologian, said that scripture is not the revelation of God. Scripture is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the revelation of God. That in Scripture we see Christ revealed. And as Christ explained the Scriptures, as Christ explained what the prophets wrote, what Moses wrote, what everything was written about the Messiah, why he had to die and be resurrected, the disciples knew it was the truth. They knew God's word was speaking to them. Their hearts burned within them. And when he broke bread, they saw Christ himself. Christ was finally revealed. We often look to the Last Supper as the origin of communion. We look at Jesus gathered in the upper room with the twelve disciples saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. But for us, communion is more than just remembering. For us, communion is celebrating that Christ is present with us. That Christ is revealed to us. And I often wonder if this, the journey to Emmaus, when Christ was revealed to the two disciples, has just as much of our influence on our theology of communion as the Last Supper. Because when we break bread around this table with one another, when I say this is my body broken for you and tear the loaf, Christ is revealed to us. Christ is present. Christ said, I am the bread of life. Christ has a long history with bread. So it should be no surprise it's in the breaking of bread that Christ was revealed on the road to Emmaus. And it's in the breaking of bread that Christ is revealed in this congregation. So often we don't see Christ when he's right in front of us. So far, so often Christ is in the face of a stranger. Someone in need. And we walk by. So often Christ is revealed in the scriptures that remain dusty on our bookshelf. So often Christ is revealed in communion. And we miss it because we're thinking, oh, church is going over again today. It's going to be 1110 after the Baptists are going to beat us to lunch. Where do you go to seek Christ? Where is Christ a stranger to you? Where is Christ 
revealed to you. For many of us, we go to church. We think church is where we go to experience Christ. And I'm not going to tell you otherwise. But sometimes we misunderstand what church is. We think that church is this building. This lot here at 2515 Mitchellville Road. Or churches in other churches, as long as it has stained glass windows or a steeple or a cross or at least hymns in, in the pews. But church is the people. Christ said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. Rachel Held Evans is an author and a blogger who writes a lot about her escaping her uh, evangelical upbringing, seeking a more uh, authentic faith for her. And in her book, uh, 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 Recapturing Sundays, I'm going blank on the title, Something Sundays. She writes, church is not a building or denomination or a 5013C3 nonprofit organization. Church is a moment in time when the kingdom of God draws near. When a meal, a story, a song, an apology, and even a failure is made holy by the presence of Jesus among us, And with us. That's what we see today on the road to Emmaus. And I'd argue that we are all on the road to Emmaus. Our Emmaus might be different for each of us, but we are all traveling on a journey. And sometimes Christ is going to walk with us. Christ is going to be present with us. And Christ is going to look to make those moments, those songs, those meals, those stories, those mistakes, those apologies into holy moments. But we have to look for him. We have to recognize him. So we look in the face of strangers. We look in the scriptures and we look where bread is broken with one another. That is when we find true church. That is when we find Christ. Amen.